Welcome in to another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. He's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Woodon1063. After a brief hiatus, a birthday. Took a little break. We took a little break. I it's needed okay. a little vacation. It's all right. It was a staycation, actually. You gotta re- sometimes you got to reset, right? You just reset the body, it's reset actually, the mind. It's actually probably pretty good that we didn't have one because my picks were not great That's all right. for, uh, last night, for last UFC fight night. We come back and we are heading to Long Island. Not you and me, but the UFC is heading to Long Island. One of these days we're going to get, you know, Danny Zetterman's going to allow us to go on a road trip. And, yeah, when it's at the see. United Center. No, we're not going to do that. We're <laughs> going to go to Milwaukee. Maybe like, you guys can go to the United Center tonight because that's where can UFC. Can we go to Cleveland? Let's go to Cleveland. I don't need to go to Cleveland. No offense to ESPN Cleveland, but I don't need to go to Cleveland. I did that during the World Series. It was fine. It was all right. I'm good. Okay. I'll do Milwaukee. Milwaukee. That's, What's that's Milwaukee? What, see, the problem is with Cleveland is like that's a that's not a day trip. You know what I mean? No, like, you'd have to make a weekend out of yeah, it. Yeah, which is fine. But, you know, like, listen, when, when the fighters come to Chicago, we'll tear it up with the fighters. That's fine. Yeah. It'll be Bilal Muhammad after he beats his next guy, which you don't think he will. We're just getting that on record right now. Uh, Sean Brady is going to be a very tough matchup. It's like the, They're like win. the two guys that no one wants to fight in the division. Okay. And they're fighting each other. Perfect. It's like cancels each other out. Perfect. Awesome. I'm going to tell him it's like It's like I'm t- texting him right now. Gamrot from a couple weeks back. Like, they shouldn't be fighting. Like, I'm, I'm like, texting him right now. And I'm saying, Jordan doesn't think you can win. And he's going to go, who are you guys? <laughs> what is this number? <laughs> Whose number is this? And who's Jordan? <laughs> why? Where is he right now? Can I text- talk to him? Why are you texting me? I'm coming there right now. Drop a pin. <laughs> he's going to come fight you as, as prep. All right, so let's uh, let's start this. UFC fight night, Ortega versus Rodriguez. It's go- That is going to be a great fight. That is going to be a main event. But we'll start with the opening fight of the main card, Lauren Murphy against Misha Tate. These these are two veterans, two, two wily veterans in the game, 39-year-old Lauren Murphy against 36-year-old Misha Tate. Misha Tate is a minus 205 favorite right now and Lauren Murphy's plus 175 this fight has been postponed twice already but this should be a good one even though Misha Tate is a huge favorite yeah Lauren Murphy got COVID a couple of weeks ago when they were supposed to fight so it got rescheduled for UFC fight night Long Island the intriguing thing for me in this podcast is is being recorded on a Thursday so we'll have to wait and see you'll have to wait and see before you play this fight to how Misha Tate looks on the scale this is her first time that she's attempting to fight in the women's flyweight division. She is a Hall of Famer. She's a two-time champion in the UFC women's bantamweight division. And we'll have to see at 36 years of age if she's able to make the flyweight limit. If she does and she looks solid, your play is Misha Tate and Misha Tate via decision. And the reason being is because Misha Tate has an outstanding wrestling top game and enough pressure in that top game, because Lauren Murphy does get taken down to cause some issues. Lauren Murphy's not, you know, the, the biggest flyweight out there, and obviously, mm-hmm. cutting the weight, Misha Tate is going to have a little bit of a size advantage. But she doesn't have a lot of output, and she doesn't really threaten as someone that gets a knockout finish, which is why I'm leaning towards a decision for Misha Tate, which I think is a dollar five or a dollar ten right now. It's mo- it's mm-hmm. the most likely it is scenario. Because I'm not going to risk Misha Tate going and, and trying to get a submission, even though she's very good at taking opponents' backs and looking for those chokes. It's how she won the uh, the women's uh, bantamweight championship when she, she choked out Holly Holm. But 
it all depends. And again, how she's going to look at the scale the first time. Again, at a, at a Hall of Fame career, 36 years of age, being able to make that flyweight limit. So we'll have to wait and see and make the play until the weigh-ins on Friday. Yeah, and the total rounds in this one, you're minus 335 for over two and a half. So they also believe that this is going to go the distance as well. Especially, too, you know, Jordan, when you look at this, at Lauren Murphy at 39 years old, those years, they start to pile up. And when you get, like, when that number next to the three gets closer to a zero and that three changes over to a four, like those miles start to add up after a while. So not only are you talking about cutting weight as a disadvantage, but also like that age starts to creep up and you never know. And that's probably why another reason why she's a plus 175 dog right now. But still, the judges believe, or the Vegas believes that this is going to go to the judges' car to hit over two and a half. They also believe Misha Tate to win by decision. Like you said, at minus 110 is the most likely outcome here as a method of victory because laying minus 205, you know, laying $2 just to win a dollar isn't really uh, something I'm looking forward to. But if you can get me minus 110 as a decision, that's pretty good. And I'm going right to recommend it now, even though I yeah. don't know what she's looking like on the scale. I'm going to recommend it right now for two reasons. One, this is Misha Tate's last chance to have a championship opportunity because it's a new weight class. She would be a fresh new challenger for Valentina Shevchenko. And because that she's a former champion and because Lauren Murphy also is a former title challenger, if Misha Tate goes out there and looks great, like she's next in line to fight Valentina Shevchenko unless she's rematching Talia Santos, which is probably likely. But then mm-hmm. Misha Tate would wait around to get the next shot. If she loses this fight, it's really a no-win no, no win scenario for her. She's probably going to hang up her gloves and, and go be a mom. She's got two you know beautiful children and Lauren Murphy – she gets the biggest win of her career, but she still got, you know, kind of steamrolled by Valentina Shevchenko. So she's going to have to win a couple more times to get another title shot. Our next fight on the card, a New York native fighting in, I guess, Long Island's kind of home. I mean, if you're from New York, you can you can call Long Island home, I guess. Shane Burgos against Charles Jordan. Charles Jordan. Yeah, Air That's Jordan. Air Jordan. Yes. Well, because he's Canadian, so you, it's not Charles Jordan. It's Charles Jordan. The Canadian is a plus 140 underdog to Burgos, who's minus 165. Burgos, 14-3. and three. Jordan, 13-4-1. This should be a good one for the, uh, the New York native, who's a minus 165 favorite. Yeah, here. this has Fighter Tonight written all over it yep. because it's both guys that like to strike, both guys that are high volume output, both guys have a lot of variety in their striking, both are tough to finish, and Shane Burgos is a guy that actually has ex- performed extremely well when he's in the state of New York. Charles Jordan is is you know fresh off a couple of uh, you know nice victories, even though he did um, he, he did recently uh, fight in a short notice fight and got s- submitted, but. He's theatrics. He's entertaining. He's high flying. It was Julian Arosa uh, who took a fight on on short notice. I couldn't think of the name at the time that got the win. Um, I, I've gone back and forth on this fight. I think Shane Burgos certainly should be the favorite. He's fought the higher level of competition. He's you know he he's got I, I think more to his striking game. But quite honestly, this is this is a fight I stay away because right. when the initial matchup came out. I'm like Charles Jordan. Like he he he's looked very good his last two fights, and he's gaining some momentum. Plus the fact that he came in with a lot of momentum into his you know into his UFC career by what people expected of, and he and he fumbled a little bit. And I still worry about the Shane Burgos knockout at the hands of Edson Barboza. He has fought since then, but it was one of those knockouts where it was delayed. Like, mm-hmm. he got head kicked, or I don't know what strike Edson Barboza threw. Go look back. And then, like, 10 seconds later... He got the it shut. Up. No, yeah. no, it shut off. Mm-hmm. Like, he was fine, he was reacting, and all of a sudden... 
the, the, it just completely shut off That's and like scary, he fell yeah. backwards mm-hmm. and like well, and and I don't even think I don't even think uh, Edson Barboza landed another punch. So the other thing too, you'll have to pay attention. And I'm and now I'm talking myself into this. It's going to be a live bet for me because Shane Burgos also has been a notorious slow starter. And if you allow Charles Jordan to get into a rhythm, figure out the timing, the distance, and utilize his kicks. Shane Burgos is going to be in for a long night, and mm-hmm. then maybe he ranches up the pressure, ranches himself up to perform well in front of the hometown crowd, and it's the lights out for him against Air Jordan. Yeah, and we should mention that this is uh, UFC on ABC, so everybody will be able to, An uh, early fight card to watch too. this. Yeah, it is. A 10 a.m. start for the prelims. Wow, 10 a.m. start in the afternoon, so you're looking for the, uh, the main card to get kicked off early in the afternoon. I'll have to remember that as well because I'll be on the golf course. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll check Drinking the Great Lakes, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but I'll be betting this and checking this out uh, later. I'll be betting it, but I'll be watching it a little bit later on then. But if you're telling me to, to live bet it, I love the live betting feature, so I will absolutely do that. But, you know, the New York native at home on national TV, you know, he might have a little extra juice there for himself. So we're not going to go uh, method of victory hunting here. You just got to sit back and watch this one. Have this one on during the day and just watch this fight after hopefully you make some money on Misha Tate and Lauren Murphy. Our next fight, Matt Schnell versus Sumaderji. Sumaderji is a minus 260 favorite. Huge favorite in this one. Matt Schnell plus 220 uh, in what should be, I mean, a, a decent fight here despite the the heavy favorite for Sumaderji. Yeah, Sumaderji comes, comes in. He's got a powerful striker for a flyweight. A wide variety of strikes. I like this matchup for him. I think he should be the big-time favorite because Matt Schnell, he's a veteran. He's been in there with some of the best fighters in the flyweight, in the bantamweight division, but has been questioned about his chin because he's been stopped before. However, Matt Schnell is kind of sneaky when it comes to working off of his back, Mm -hmm. working for those chokes. So I think Sumaderji is certainly going to be in one of my uh, parlays, I'll recommend him for sure as a, as a parlay stuffer. I don't mind laying down the the 260 because I think his variety of striking and his takedown defense is going to be enough to cause danger for Matt Danger Snell. See what I did there. Uh, but I'm going the under at one and a half. Okay. I'm going the under at one and a half because I think we're getting a finish. I think we're likely getting a, a first-round knockout or... Matt Schnell is going to pull something sneaky because he has before. We've seen it a lot of times in his in his career. Work in a submission and gets the win via submission over Sumaderji. So, so maybe worth a slight sprinkle on eight to one at Schnell by submission. Right, but okay. I mean, but but then you got to you got to believe that he's going to be able to get the fight to the ground. Yeah, which is also a suspect and be able to survive the onslaught that Sumaderji is mm-hmm. going to bring. Because look, this is the most high-profile fight for Sumaderji in his UFC career. He's he's looked impressive. He's got a nice knockout over Malcolm Gordon. He's going to want to follow that up, uh, and he's going to need. He he came in with a lot of hype, kind of like Charles Jordan. Hasn't really lived up to it, but I think he's too powerful of a striker, and that shaky chin by Matt Schnell is enough for me to believe in the under at one and a half. So take the under one and a half. If you think that Sumaderji is going to win by knockout, that's minus 110. So not a huge, uh, you're not laying a lot of juice there. So that might be worth a look. And also, 
maybe a little sprinkle on Schnell by submission at eight to one if you're feeling yourself in the. If you have a couple great lakes in the morning, maybe in the early oh, yeah, afternoon, then you're into it for and then sure. you're you're definitely feel, uh, feeling it. So maybe Sumaderji by knockout, and then maybe some uh, Schnell by submission there, just to sp- spray to all fields there. Another fight. I love this dude. I love this dude's nickname. I love everything about him. Lee Jinglian versus Muslim King of Kung Fu Salakov. He's minus 165 to Jingliang's plus 140 underdog. Salakov is 18 and 2 uh, in the UFC, and this should be a great fight. I mean, if you're the King of Kung Fu, I mean, if you're going to be the King of anything, you know, like watch out, right? That's what I'm, I mean. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to tangle with him. You wouldn't. You wouldn't think that he like. You know, he looks look like, like, like he does not look, look like, like it at the all. King of Kung Fu. He does not look like it at all. No. Not at all. But hey, I mean, you get a hold of someone, take him to the ground, and that that'll be the end of it. But this should be a great one too. Yeah, fun fight. Six fight win streak for the King of Kung Fu right now. Um, he's got obviously a versatile striking game. He can rely a little bit about his wrestling, but he prefers to keep fights on the feet. He is a constant pressure fighter as well, but I believe actually the best work he does is at distance because then that allows him to start using his kicks and start you you know figuring out his opponents from that way. Uh, his 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 best two wins have been his last two victories, Francisco Trinado and Alessio dos Santos. Lee Jiang Liang, you know he 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 obviously. He met Kamzat Shemaev, and, mm-hmm. and when you when you fight Kamzat Shemaev, unless your name is Gilbert Burns, you got you get steamrolled. Yeah, sorry, and man. He got steamrolled, <laughs> and I think we had Shemaev to win that fight in in the first round. We had him to win that fight inside the distance, and it didn't even pay us a lot of money. But here's the thing: when I first, I every single time I have a fight card, Adam. Every single time a fight card comes out, and we prepare, we're preparing for podcasts and preparing for my my fight picks on FatJackSports.com. I go through the list real quick before even like initial preparation and research I just look like who's based on what I remember about their history what I like about the matchup win lose win lose win lose whatever I had eight underdogs initially Ooh. I liked in this the leech is one of them okay the leech is one of them because right. look he's been in there with some powerful strikers he's been in there with I believe a better resume of competition and has not only you know outside of Obviously, looking terrible against Kanzan Shemaev, who isn't going to look Kanzan Shemaev, has, has held his own against some of the top tier welterweights in the world. And he's a guy that struggles with guys that are going to look to take the fight to the ground. Well, the King of Kung Fu is not going to look to take the fight to the ground. No. If the King of Kung Fu utilizes pressure, well, that also is a, is, is a kryptonite for the leech. But I don't think he uses a lot of pressure. He likes, again, get that distance, work the kicks. So if we're talking about a kickboxing match, where, you know, the leech is going to be able to use his boxing and his power, I think there's a, certainly a play to consider the leech mm-hmm. in this one. All right. I love it. The dogs, hey, the dogs can bark. There's nothing wrong with that with some dogs barking in the afternoon. And like you said, this is an early fight, so you never know. I like it. I, I mean, I like the King of Kung Fu's nickname, but, uh, and I the like the way... The leech is also a pretty The leech good is a good nickname, too. too. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. But I'll take, I'll ride with you. I'll ride with the dog there because how, you never know. You and never how know. about the leech? Um, so he got smashed by some Shemaev. Yeah. And then in the in the press conference for Shemaev's fight against Gilbert Burns, the leech asked him a question. The leech was like in the public audience. Yeah, and excuse asked, me, and, uh, and leech Shemaev, media here. Uh, yeah, I've got Shemaev a question, a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> Just think, uh, you got a quick question for you. 
here. Uh, Leech Times Gazette uh, is what he's calling his his publication. The fight right before our main event here, Michelle Waterson, a plus 275 dog against Amanda Lemos here, mi- minus 330 as the favorite here. These are the longest odds of the night for Amanda Lemos at minus 330. She did lose to Jessica Andrade, so we've seen recent fights. Uh, this could be one that could be over with quickly for these two. It, I mean, it certainly could. If Lemos lives up to the hype that she did not live up to in that last fight against Jessica Andrade, we had Jessica Andrade, I think, believe she cashed as a dog on that night, standing arm triangle choke. Amanda Lemos was winning that fight mm-hmm. on the feet against Andrade, but Andrade was able to get on the inside, utilize her power. Um you talk about nicknames of the King of Kung Fu. What about the Karate Hottie? Like, yeah, the you know, Karate Hottie's a good one. That's also the Karate very, very Hottie's good a good one, one. for uh, Michelle Watterson. Michelle Watterson. Unfortunately, a plus two seventy five. I don't know. Yeah, and also Michelle Watterson's going to give the fight that Amanda Lemos wants. You know, Michelle Watterson's going to give the fight. Stand up at distance. We're going to have a kickboxing match. Yes, Michelle Watterson can work in some wrestling. Yes, she does have submissions, you know, in her game, but has not looked great, has been losing to, you know, superior strikers and Marina Rodriguez to Yolanda Jacek her couple of last times out. I believe Michelle Watterson is at the tail end of her career. She's had a fantastic career in mixed martial arts. Uh, Amanda Lemos needs this victory because she was 14-1 and one or, four, or actually un, unbeaten, I believe, heading into the fight against Andrade, then gets handed a first-round stoppage loss in a main event fight so she needs to come out there and make make a, a statement but again michelle waterson is an extremely difficult person to put away and finish um so i think amanda limos probably going to be into that parlay stuffer uh if you will another one with you know sumin energy and maybe one or two other ones on the favorite side that i like to gain some value uh in this fight no, it should be a good one here. And if you look at a method of victory here, you know, over two and a half is, uh, for total rounds is minus 230. So Vegas believes that this fight's going to go the distance. Lemos to win by decision is minus 105. Those are the shortest odds uh, of the method of victory there. The next one would be uh, Lemos to win by knockout is plus 225. So that brings in the kickboxing element because this fight is probably not going to go to the ground. So if you're looking to get a little more value for your dollar there, maybe to pay, pick Lemos by decision there, but the problem with kickboxers is you never know when one of those heels is going to land or something like that, and it's just lights out. So yeah, it, it can be. But I think Lemos is going to have the more power, the more damage. So kind of kind of similar to maybe what we've been talking about with like the Josh Elmet Kelvin Cater fight. What was yeah. scored more uh, importantly? It was it was the power of Emmett versus uh, the the volume of of Kelvin Cater. And I, I just want to correct myself. That was the second loss of Amanda Lemos' career against Jessica Andrade. She had get, been stopped by Leslie Smith in her UFC debut. But nonetheless. I don't think Michelle Waters is going to, pre- pre- you know, present that. Uh, to her, and I think Amanda Lemos clearly wins on all three judges' scorecards. All right, so we'll just put that into a parlay. And finally, our main event of the night, Brian Ortega against Yair Rodriguez. El Pantera, which we are very familiar with here in Chicago, as Luis Robert is also El Pantera. So uh, we've got that. Well played. Uh, and Brian Ortega, he, he's the one that, you know, we talked about Volkanovski. We talked to Volkanovski. Ortega's the guy that almost choked him out a couple times. So, if I mean, he's minus 175 for this main event. Rodriguez is plus 150. So so this is a, a a fight that both these guys super explosive, super high flying. They want they both want to end this fight and end it fast. So this could be a great a great main event, especially it being on network TV and ABC and everybody watching with the early start as well.
well, none of these fights that you have to wait till 11 o'clock at night for it to start. So this could be a great showcase for a UFC fight night for the UFC. How do you see this one? Because this one, to me, this could go any way because of the way both of these guys just come out firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it's going to be, it's a, it's a great fight. It's a great fight. I'm very excited to see what Brian Ortega looks like because we haven't seen him since that, you know, miraculous fight uh, and unfortunate loss that he had at the hands of Alexander Volkanovsky. This is the first fight for Yair Rodriguez since he lost and put up a very good and valiant effort against Max Holloway. No one does that except if your name is Alexander Volkanovsky. The issue that I, I or at least what I'm going to look at in, the, in this game right off the bat is who's dictating where this fight goes and how this fight is being played out. Obviously, it's going to start out on the feet. That's where Yair Rodriguez wants it. He's got a much more variety of striking at his arsenal. I believe he has the speed advantage. He certainly has the kicking advantage. Brian Ortega has evolved as a fighter in regards to his boxing credentials. The issue that he's going to have to do is get this fight to the ground. And now mm-hmm. Yair Rodriguez does have improving takedown defense. He can defend off of his back, but it is night and day if Brian Ortega can get this fight to the ground because then he's a world-class submission artist. We've seen him submit guys. The Cub Swanson submission comes to mind as one of the best you know that he, we've ever seen in the featherweight division. For this fight, I'm kind of leaning Yair Rodriguez because mm-hmm. I, I'm going to believe that the Yair oh. Rodriguez we saw against Max Holloway controversially lost. I mean, look, two judges had the scorecard 48-47. It was unanimous decision for Max Holloway, but he put up a great fight and actually took some moments off in that fight. Uh, Brian Ortega got stopped by Max Holloway in a, in a, in a title defense that Max had over, over Brian Ortega. And I just believe that the striking, the speed, the kicking, and the takedown defense is going to be enough for over five rounds. Yair Rodriguez, as the underdog, is, is, is the play to make. You know what I'm going to try to do? Convince me to pick Ortega? No, 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 no. Not at all. Yair Rodriguez plus El Pantera plus plus 150. I love it. I love it. You know what I'm going to try to do on Saturday morning when I wake up? Cross sport parlay. Mm, El Pantera. Luis Robert hit a home run and Yair Rodriguez to win. Plus 150 and usually home run. I mean, usually Luis Robert, if he's in the lineup... Is uh, like usually three plus three fifty four to one. So let's try a cross sport parlay. Listen, I'm just trying to get frisky here on a Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Fanduel. So absolutely. So I'm going to try to lock that in. But you're going with the underdog here. So I'm not even going to look for method of victories because I was going to say the shortest method of victory I've got is Ortega to win by submission at two to one. Then I've got Ortega to win by decision at plus two seventy five. Then I've got Yair Rodriguez to win by decision at plus three thirty. But if you're going with the dog at plus one forty five, we're or plus one fifty, we're just going to go with the underdog at plus one fifty. I like him. Again, he was one of those eight that I initially looked at and said, look, Yair Rodriguez got an excellent opportunity to win. There's great odds for him. He's not primarily uh, an underdog. I mean, he was a big underdog against Max Holloway, and you know, obviously that 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 ended up coming for fruition, but not really as, as probably as confidently as the bookmakers had him out. Yair Rodriguez is a tough fight, and they've they've always you know identified him as a future title uh, contender and champion. This is his opportunity. Plus the fact, too, we need some new challengers at, at, at 145 because, mm-hmm. you know, Alexander Volkanovsky is entertaining uh, fights at 155, and he's not going to fight Brian Ortega again if Ortega beats Yair Rodriguez. Ortega's going to have to win one more fight, but if Yair Rodriguez runs through Ortega, Alpatera might be next. No, absolutely. So that is UFC fight night in Long Island. Is there anything on the prelims that uh, tickles your fancy here? Is this this is a brunch and bouts uh, <laughs> pay-per-view, not pay-per-view event, but on ABC. So you can wake up and turn this on on ESPN and then turn on the main card on ABC whenever that gets started after the prelims are over. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, absolutely. And and a lot of those eight underdogs that I identified are on the prelims. So, you know, follow FatJackSports.com for those official picks. You could, you know, send me a message, Wood on 1063 if you want to. But the one that really stood out to me right off the top, Dustin Jacoby and uh, Da Unjung. The reason I like Dustin Jacoby, and I've been fading him actually the last couple of times because I wasn't impressed that he was able to get back to the UFC as a kickboxer. What he did in glory doesn't really have a wrestling credentials. But look, he's won five fights in the UFC. He's 5-0-1 in the UFC, and he's going to get a kickboxing match against Jung. He's going to get a match where he's going to probably be the more aggressive fighter, more volume, and leg kicks. And Jung does have power, but he also lost to Sam Alvey. And everybody... Beat Sam Alvey, but Jung did not. Uh, I like Dustin Jacoby to win the fight. And he was a he's slight underdog. Now I think it's about a money line pick. It's maybe even, a, yeah, it's uh, even money right okay. now. Okay. So there you go. Dustin Jacoby is going to continue his streak in the UFC and get another win. And I love him at a Dowell five. All right. So that's Jacoby right there in the prelims. And then as far as the main card, Misha Tate at plus or minus one ten. Sorry, Sumaderji stuff that into a parlay along with Amanda Lemos. And then you've got Lee Jung Leung at plus one forty. And then Rodriguez at plus one fifty in the main event. So that is UFC Fight Night Long Island. He's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Woodon1063. Like you mentioned, fatjacksports.com for all of the complete picks there, also along with baseball. And we're getting into football season. You got it. I mean, we're, we are, what, what did I do the math on? 13 days away from training camps getting started. And then soon enough, we're like six weeks, seven weeks away from the NFL season getting kicked off and six weeks away from college football getting kicked off. So make sure you get onto fatjacksports.com and subscribe there for all of those picks. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And we will be back next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast.